The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we're recording this segment on Monday night. The show airs tomorrow, and we're glad to have a special guest Actually, my co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger, is reporting live from MetLife Stadium. The game has just ended. The Indianapolis Colts have just defeated the New York football Giants 40-24. to And our roving reporter, Spencer, is on the scene to break down the game for us. Spencer, firstly, I'm looking at the stat sheets. If you look at these sheets, it's remarkable that the... All the stats are nearly identical. But look at the final score. It's clearly a romp. And Andrew Luck had his way. What was your view from the stadium? My view was that the New York Giants were incapable of running a proper offense out there tonight. The New York Giants could not run the football, and therefore they could not be balanced. And the bottom line is, if you look at the first half, the Indianapolis Colts had a lot of short fields and a lot of opportunities to even make their halftime lead of 16-3 to even more of a lead. But the Giants held the Colts in the red zone several times. The Giants' offensive possessions in the first half were very, very poor. A lot of three-and-outs, and when they did get in the plus territory, it would shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. And you look at the New York Giants, and their offensive line just couldn't block, and Andre Williams could not run the football effectively. And when you don't do that well, the defense is going to put a lot of guys back in coverage because they are fully confident that their D-line can handle the running game. And when they're not afraid of that, it makes the Giants a one-dimensional football team. And that that's very easy to defend. So the New York Giants on offense couldn't get anything going in the first half. And just a pitiful three points put on the board. Then you look at the second half, the Giants probably had one good possession in the second half where they did score a touchdown, and the score was at that point 23-10. to 10, But then Andrew Luck was able to hit Reggie Wayne on the 40-yard touchdown, convert on third downs, and by that point, when the offense finally got it together, the defense couldn't hold strong at all. And just a very poor performance on both sides of the ball for the New York Giants. 
just in all three phases of the game, nobody made big plays the whole game. It looks like if we we look at the statistics from Eli Manning, he he threw for 354 yards. However, we could agree most of those yards occurred in garbage time, really when the game was out of of reach. It's important to note that the Colts were playing prevent defense, kind of. So all they did in what was a big play, so Eli would take chunks of 10 yards, basically, just to drown out the clock. Because the Colts were up 37 to 10, and I was at the stadium, and 70% of the fans left the game. And I'm sure out of that 30%, a large percentage of them might have been from the Midwest and were Colts fans. (laughs) So that was garbage time, uh, fantasy numbering points for Manning there, correct? Well, one of the bright points for the Giants tonight was first-round pick Odell Beckham Jr. He actually had eight receptions for 156 yards, by far his best game. What was your observations of Odell? I definitely enjoyed what Odell did out there. I mean, in the third quarter, he had that one play where he caught a Manning pass and uh, where Manning was scrambling right, was able to turn that into a 55-yard gain. And that was on the one drive where Andre Williams was able to punch it in, and that really put some life into the crowd, into the stadium. And uh, Odell Beckham today, he had a, uh, a tough task. The Colts were going man. So I would have liked to see Odell maybe get some more reverses. I mean, the kid has a ton of natural talent. He has great speed, but also his wingspan is, uh, is pretty ridiculous. So Odell Beckham just has so much raw talent. And uh, But he's definitely going to get treated as the number one receiver because Larry Donnell hasn't been the same since his first four weeks in the NFL. And with Victor Cruz going down, you know, defenses are going to spy on him. He's going to have to go against Bowman of San Francisco, and he's also going to have to go next week against Richard Sherman, and that's Seattle secondary. So for Odell Beckham, he's going to get number one wide receiver treatment now. Well, when we look at, uh, you mentioned Donnell, he actually um, had a good play. Again, it was in garbage time. You'll see that he split wide to the left and a nice timing route, um, more or less a uh, a corner pattern in the end zone, a little flare, and Donnell, you know, dove for the ball. He had about a foot of height on the defensive back for the Colts, and um, I'm not sure, were you still there? To, did you see that play? Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard that play. I saw the replay on that. Um, I, I, you know, Donnell is such an all physical receiver. I think it would be advantageous to throw the ball up to him more and, and and not be as gun shy. You know, I definitely think that the Giants tonight were gun shy on throwing the ball down the field. And looking at the Philadelphia Eagles offense, when they, when teams go man against them, they have Jeremy Macklin to take the cover off the defense. The Giants. They're definitely lacking that big play attack. And you look at all great passing offenses. I mean, the Colts have T.Y. Hilton, that's that guy. Even the Redskins with Deshaun Jackson. Having a little speedster that can go out and get you 30 to 40 yards on a simple five-yard crossing pattern, that's vital in today's game. The Giants weren't doing a good job at all getting the ball out of Manning's hands quickly. And uh, 
and, and that's definitely what is lacking is just a lack of a running game and a lack of men in getting the ball out of his hands quickly and that that has to do with the scheme honestly they were poorly prepared coming off a bye week which is pretty inexcusable if you ask me now looking at again the Colts the other side of the field one guy was up for this game one guy was was out to get revenge on his old team. And that player is number 44, Ahmad Bradshaw. Certainly um, had great seasons for the Giants. As you recall, Spencer, he also underwent a neck fusion, the same surgeon as Peyton Manning. And it was thought and it was reported that his career was over and he was released by the Giants. It looked like Bradshaw had something to prove and looking at his statistics, he had seven carries for 50 yards. But looked like the old Bradshaw. Just had a lot of energy, was, was, uh, was, was pumping things up, was taunting the crowd a bit. Uh, did, did, you, did you notice Bradshaw? I definitely noticed Bradshaw. It was uh, it's kind of uh, interesting, uh, you know, to be honest. You know, the Giants crowd booed Hakeem Nicks also when he caught a pass in the, uh, in the first half uh, because they looked at Knicks, I guess, as like underachieving when I really didn't think that that was um, warranted, a uh, warranted response from the Giants faithful. Um, I look at Knicks and Bradshaw and definitely enjoyed both of their tenures here. And, you know, Amar Bradshaw was getting up at age. He wanted a bigger contract. And with the running back span in the NFL, it's pretty much the shortest job span out of any job, maybe in the entire country. So you look at Sean Alexander, one year he's playing in the Super Bowl and he's on the cover of that, and then the next year he's playing in the Canadian Football League one foot out the door of his NFL, of his football career. So um, for the Giants to do that, they just want to move in the new direction with David Wilson. I guess you couldn't blame them necessarily. But yes, Bradshaw this year, I'm always a fan of him, and he's such a weapon out of the backfield catching screen passes. The Colts are utilizing him really well, and he must be jacked to be playing with a great quarterback and a coach in Chuck Pagano uh, that is a really great spiritual leader that they have in the Indies. Tell me about your view of Andrew Luck right there. You had a really nice view of the game. Luck looks like a complete quarterback. He's only in his third year. Plays like a veteran. Um, A a lot, you know, watching the game in the fourth quarter, there's a lot of talk about him that he literally, he's such a brilliant guy that he was was speaking to John Gruden and getting deep into – how they build stadiums and, and how they actually build the concrete for the stadiums. And just, you know, a Stanford grad, you know, he, he, he would spend hours studying the most minute aspects of football, and he's really a student of the game. He's also a strong, tough guy. They, they got pulverized last week against the Steelers, and this was a bounce-back game, and now Indianapolis has rebounded to 6-3. and three. So what was, what was your view of Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck is really a special, special player in person. You mentioned Andrew Luck graduated with a 4 from Stanford, and actually he wanted to go into engineering or artwork because Andrew Luck really enjoys learning about the knowledge of creating structures. 
Um, Luck is a great leader. He's modest and humble. He's a five-tool guy. He has it all. But the thing that I was really impressed with about Luck is his toughness. He's a guy that'll hang in the pocket till the very last second and give his receivers the most time to run routes. And he doesn't quit on the pocket. He's not afraid to take a shot while delivering the football. And that is that, that was something I was the most impressed with. If he could launch a 25-yard pass while under duress and put it right on the line. And, you know, even though tonight Luck didn't have, like, a pass where he threw 50 yards in the air to Hilton, he still, like, used his reads and, and was hitting guys that were open and giving, that, giving the ball out to his playmakers and using them very well. So Luck is a great student of the game, but his pocket presence and awareness is off the charts, honestly. Well, we're to the end of our first segment. The time went quickly. We've got a lot more to offer here on Bruce the Sports Doc and Spencer the Wizard. We're here on Voice America Sports. Stay there. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. For 27 years, KidStar has empowered thousands of kids across the country. And now we have the opportunity to empower children around the world. KidStar is announcing a new radio show called Voyage Earth. Voyage Earth will empower kids from across the world. KidStar has created a Kickstarter campaign just for this new undertaking. By pledging to Kickstarter... You pledge for a future of empowered people to come. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworms. I want to thank you for being a backer of our Kickstarter. Kickstart, we empower kids. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports. 
You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're here on remote with Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. Right outside MetLife Stadium, the smoke is still rising from a roasting where the New York Giants got flamazzled by the Andrew Luck Indianapolis Colts. Spencer is still standing while still a bit shell-shocked. Let's go around the league. We'll start off with the Philadelphia Eagles and two Major injuries for the Eagles. Nick Foles fractured his non-throwing collarbone. Let me bring you up to date, Spencer. He actually had a slightly displaced mid-clavicular fracture. That means is the middle of the collarbone, which is the, the most vulnerable area of the fracture, was broken through and through. Nick Foles was in the sling at the end of the game. It's projected he's going to miss six to eight weeks. And that means that Mark Sanchez is now thrusted to the role as a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Flashback to yesterday. Sanchez took over the first pass from scrimmage, 52 yards to Jeremy Macklin. As it turns out, Sanchez righted the ship and led the Eagles to a 31-21 win over the Houston Texans in Houston, bringing the Eagles' record to 6-2, and two. and with the Cowboys faltering with Brandon Whedon sputtering and he's rumbling, bumbling, and mostly stumbling for the Cowboys, Eagles have now catapulted to first place in the division. Mark Sanchez looked sharp, albeit he had two interceptions yesterday. The first, I believe, was Joss Huff Eric, a hard-thrown ball, a, a rookie receiver, He could have caught it, but what happens? He tipped it up in the air like a marshmallow, and it fell calmly into the arms of a waiting cornerback for the Texans. That, my friends, I put on the receiver. I don't put that on Mr. Sanchez. However, at the end of the game, poorly timed pass to number 14, and sure enough, there was a second interception. However, end of the game, Jeremy Macklin with four minutes left, a nice low throw, went down, picked it up, iced the game, Eagles win by 10. Spencer, your thoughts on the Eagles game and whether Nick Foles being out for the rest of the season will have an effect on the Eagles' chances of winning the NFC East and doing damage in the playoffs. Your thoughts, please. I look at yesterday's game, and I'm just so impressed by Chip Kelly and the scientific training regime. So I look at Jeremy Macklin, and I don't see a guy that's as explosive as Deshaun Jackson, nor do I see a guy that's physically imposing as a wide receiver. I see a decent number two guy as a wide receiver, and with Chip Kelly's training regime, this guy comes back from a torn ACL and is 
probably the best wide receiver in the entire league this year. And he's definitely going to earn himself a long-term deal. He's playing so hungry. And it really just shows that attitude and paying attention to detail, like Chip Kelly's doing, can really turn around and make a huge difference. So coaching in this league is so important. And for Mark Sanchez, whatever backup quarterback in any system could come in and have the success that Sanchez did yesterday. I mean, calling a 55-yard pass as the first play when he comes right off off the time into the football game is pretty absurd. I mean, whatever backup quarterback would come into the game and and immediately um, and immediately thrust into a long-range play like that it's pretty unbelievable. It's like a point guard in basketball. Mark Sanchez used this analogy. It's like a backup point guard who hasn't played any games yet coming in. And the first play is an isolation three-pointer for that player. So it, it, um, it really speaks volumes to Chip Kelly and this offensive scheme. And let's keep it real here. Nick Foles this season through 10 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He was wildly erratic. Now, he didn't have a great offensive line, and Macklin is his best target. So the Eagles, although you might think they have unbelievable targets, they don't. At wide receiver, they really don't. And Nick Foles' record has been impressive, but his, his play this year is nothing better than just about average. He was stepping up, though, in crunch time. But the point is that Mark Sanchez, if he plays well, is fully capable of of playing out the rest of the season, even if Nick Foles is healthy by week 16. So I think that this job for Mark Sanchez could propel him to be the long to be the answer for the Philadelphia Eagles going forward, um, and it could kick out Nick Foles from ever getting another snap in an Eagles uniform. I do think Foles is clutch. I do think Foles is a very smart and capable quarterback. But the bottom line is that this year his play hasn't been stellar, and it has definitely opened up the door for Mark Sanchez to come in and work the offense. Now, Bruce, I want to ask you, as a, as a consistent Eagles observer, did the offense look smoother under Sanchez? What do you like about Sanchez's game that might differ from Nick Foles? Well, personally speaking, firstly, I want to mention that I've always been a Nick Foles fan. He had a wonderful year last year, and I believe he's got a lot of heart he showed that in college in Arizona. Never heard him complain. He had a terrible offensive line. He got beaten up soundly game after game in college. He came in, made great strides. Uh, so I'm, I'm talking about Foles now. I like his size. Generally, I like his decision-making. Uh, I'm not sure that he hasn't been somewhat hurt through the last three to four games. <clears throat> He's just been flinching a lot, throwing off his back foot, and he's not a complainer. And I'm not sure. Obviously, I don't believe he had a fractured clavicle. But I believe he might have some minor injuries to one or both shoulders. But what I saw yesterday was a clearly distinct, different quarterback. Sanchez looked strong and confident in the pocket. He, unlike Falls, he didn't hesitate to move up in the pocket. And it's, you know, I'm looking at the footwork. 
I don't think I've ever seen worse footwork than Nick Foles has displayed this year. He he doesn't keep his feet moving. He's not on his toes. Just, you know, you and I watch quarterback play, Spencer, and he's just flat-footed most of the time, falling backwards, looking real slow. I look, I look at Sanchez, and I see a guy who's fleet of foot. He's fresh. Last year, he had a torn labrum. He literally hasn't thrown it an NFL a pass in the NFL game for two years. So imagine that, two years. And he comes in, the first play is a 50-yard pass. And I thought he was remarkably sharp. Throwing a tight spiral, I also think that Sanchez is more athletic than Falls. He's clearly a faster, more elusive runner. And they might go to read option. Obviously, I've read, you know, I heard Chip Kelly's post-game press conference. And the one thing he's not going to do is tip his hand. They're, they're playing uh, the Carolina Panthers next week. You and I will be in attendance for Monday Night Football, where the Carolina Panthers ram into. They come into Lincoln Financial Field. Always exciting for a national game. But I think they're catching the Panthers at the right time. They've really been exposed as a team that is not that good. Um, Cam Newton, very inconsistent. So I- I'm excited to see Mark Sanchez and... The, the concern is, that, you know, that there's going to be a big drop-off. If you look at Matt Barkley, he certainly hasn't looked good at all in preseason. He looks like he's got an arm, a bit of a rag arm, so to speak, not an NFL arm. And if something happens to Sanchez, Eagles are really in trouble. I think that that would, that would herald the, the, you know, the end of a serious playoff run. Spencer, your thoughts? I, I think that it's interesting with Sanchez is you kind of have a double story with him. You have a guy that has, in the first two years in New York, was a solid player but was always labeled a game manager. And he won some big playoff games. He went into San Diego that first year, and, and he won a football game for Phillip Rivers and the Chargers when they had a great football team. And then the second year, he went into New England and outdueled Tom Brady in the NF in the AFC divisional round to get to those playoff games. And in and then when he played the Colts um, and he played the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you remember those games, the Pittsburgh Steelers he almost led them back in the second half, the Jets, to win that football game to go to the Super Bowl. So this guy has played at the peak of NFL games. He's played in two AFC title games, which is more experience than pretty much any quarterback. But then you look at the year with Debo, and Sanchez was a complete disaster. He was atrocious that season, and everybody was clamoring for Debo because he had a horrible completion percentage. The Jets offense was miserable. He had the butt fumble, which we all remember on Thanksgiving. And each game, he just looked like a complete mess out there. But in fairness, it's a complete circus when Tim Tebow is the backup quarterback, and the weapons he had there were nothing short of horrendous, the weapons that Woody Johnson put there. So, Bruce, what is the narrative that you have when you look at Mark Sanchez? Do you believe that the Chip Kelly offense is totally different? Sorry, uh, we're getting some... Uh little static here from an adjacent studio. Um, rather annoying commercial. Let me uh, try to uh, abort that. Yes, we have. I was actually wondering if 
you were yelling at me for some reason for the for the answer I gave, and I was trying to decide, wow, why would you be yelling at me? No, that was Hans and Franz and Aaron Rodgers in the arguably the most annoying commercial uh, for one of the most annoying companies. But I don't want to name any companies because the names have been changed to protect the innocent. As it turns out, we actually like that commercial. Oh, okay. So we're now we've now reached the end of the second segment. We want to thank all the listeners. A lot of exciting things coming up in the next segment of Bruce's Sports Doc. Keep it right there. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the third segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're here on Voice America Sports. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. You want to thank Sports Director Ray Ellis, President of the Network, Jeff Spernard. We really appreciate the opportunity to come into your living room this Tuesday as the fall is pervading the East Coast here. The leaves are falling. Unfortunately, golf season is all but over. And let's go around the league in the NFL. This is regular season week nine. Let's start with the Dallas Wee Wee Wheatons against the Arizona Bruce Arians. Final score in Big D, AT&T Stadium. The Arizona Carson Palmers come in, take care of business, 
28 to 17 over the Romo list. Transverse fracture ridden Dallas Cowboys. Spencer, your thoughts. My thoughts are that Dallas had a pick six early in the game, went up 7 nothing. Then the Cardinals were able to respond. And I believe that this football game is 14 to 10 Arizona in the third quarter. Dallas really kept it competitive. But the Cardinals defense, they were able to spy in on DeMarco Murray. And Des Bryant and, and Terrence Williams didn't have a catch until the second half. So that's clearly on Brandon Whedon. And one thing about Whedon throughout his career, and even in his college days, is that he doesn't go through his progressions very quickly. He always is a guy that locks onto a receiver, and it's very easy for him to show his cards. He's like a Texas Hold'em player that's constantly bleeding his hand, constantly showing you where he's going every time. And even though he has a very, very strong arm, it doesn't matter if he can't shift the defense over and make you pay with, with, with using his eyes better. So, for Whedon and Dallas, he threw some interceptions, made some costly, costly mistakes in this football game. With Romo, it obviously would have been a closer game. I am impressed with the Cardinals. Their secondary is forming into shape. Um, the running game and Carson Palmer, I don't know if they're necessarily Super Bowl contenders yet, um, but they're definitely top four in the NFC. I'll give them that. And I want to continue to see how good the Cardinals can be. Denver beat them pretty good, and the Eagles had multiple chances to beat them. They've had an easy schedule, but hey, give them a lot of credit for taking care of their business. And Bruce Arians is a fantastic coach. Have to agree with that. Certainly, uh, Bruce Arians had a start here at Philadelphia, coaching the Temple Owls, head coach, bounced around the league as a coordinator calls all the plays, and um, just got to tip your hat to him. He, uh, they outlasted the Eagles, showed some great defense. Let's go to a team of what I would say have-nots. We've got RG3 returning in Minnesota and a close game. Teddy Bridgewater emerging as a rookie, 268 yards and a touchdown. Vikings win 29-26, propelling the Vikings to an inauspicious 4-5 season as the Redskins are going into the setting sun 3-6, and six, and it looks like a race for the bottom of the NFC East between the New York Giants and the Redskins. Spencer, we watched that game. That was part of our Sunday profile. Redskins-Vikings... I was not impressed by RG3. Again, he had a bit of rust. The best news was he didn't get hurt. Tell us your opinion of Redskins-Vikings. Well, yeah, I mean, the comment about the Redskins giant racing to the NFC East obviously makes you chuckle because the key team's going on a downward spiral. But look at Washington, and before they went to uh, Minnesota on Friday, um, the locker room actually... Being so loud and disruptive that RG3 had to have a press conference in every room. And the whole RG3 anomaly is it, pretty ridiculous because RG3 is a guy that was drafted second overall, but he's had a very uh, he, he had a uh, very poor sophomore season after coming out hot as a rookie. He's kind of the guy that 
that needs to be a super athlete with the ball to be effective. He's a home run hitter, and his mechanics and the in-between throws he hasn't really perfected. He's not really a consistent guy week in and week out now, especially with these injuries. And the Redskins and RG3, they're not on the same page. His teammates don't consider him the leader of this football team. And it looks like Dan Snyder is having such an influence on RG3's playing that he's really holding John Gruden and the other players in that offense and on that team um, kind of in a bind there. So in Washington, it goes beyond the playing fields. I mean, I think it's political from the top that Dan Snyder loves RG3 and spent a huge payment to the Rams to get that second overall pick to draft RG3 as a franchise guy. So even though Colt McCoy played great, and even though it was a great story on Sunday night, now with RG3 back as the quarterback, I don't think he has a great control over the offense as a leadership standpoint. But what I did see from RG3, something that I can prove, is that he did have trouble moving around the pocket and just making the simple throw. He did have flashes of brilliance in this game. He did put up 26 points. Alfred Morris did play better. But again, the Redskins defense did not help out. Matt Ozzie out of three touchdowns. And you got to give Bridgewater credit for at least keeping the Vikings in all their games. I mean, they could very well be 5-4, and four, which looks a lot better if the Bills were to beat them on a last-second touchdown pass. I'd like to then go to another game, not suggesting we spend much time on this, but what I think was the shocker of the day was the continued downward spiral of the San Diego Chargers, not merely losing, but getting pulverized away. 37 to nothing. And the Chargers who start off started off so well are now at an inauspicious five and four record, two and three away. And the Dolphins rising like a phoenix from the ashes. Ryan Tannehill throwing for two hundred and eight yards and three touchdown passes. And the Dolphins themselves dedicating the game to their coach Joe Feldman, whose father passed just two days prior. So this was an emotional win for the Dolphins, 37 nothing. And again, um, if every now and then we like to touch on fantasy. I was happy to play a team that had Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. He scored exactly .82 points, propelling the Bruce the Sports Doc team from a very poor 3-5 and five record going to a mediocre 4-5 and five record, now hoping for miraculous four-game run to get it to the playoffs. Not that the listeners care about my fantasy team, but if any of you played against or for Philip Rivers, you will certainly have an opinion about his performance yesterday. Yeah, you know, the Miami Dolphins are a team that could really be reckoned with right now um, in the playoff hunt. They're running the football. Their defense is terrific. And at home in Miami, remember, they beat the Patriots. This team definitely has playoff talent written all over it. And as a wild card, they are sneaky, scary. And they're top three right now in the AFC. I can't wait for this game next week. I can't believe I'm saying this. Miami going to Denver. And because I'm just curious to see if the Dolphins are, are, you know, 
are for real because they just they look tremendous. They beat Chicago. They beat San Diego, two mediocre, pretty good teams. But I want to at least see if they can test Dan Manning in Denver this week. You know, it should it should be a great game. Well, we're um, we've got one more quick game we want to hit before the end of this third segment. Again, little passe for us. Uh, obviously, two Hall of Fame players, Manning, Brady, Bowl. In New England, poor weather, a lot of wind. I'm not surprised. New England wins 43-21. to uh, Peyton Manning, of course, takes it upon himself, whereas it was a team loss. And Brady, you know, showed his magic. Not surprisingly, the cream with him usually rises, you know, at the right time. At this point in the season, a big win for the Patriots. But not nothing much noteworthy, nothing much of a surprise. Uh, Spencer, briefly, what are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, you know, I think Peyton Manning, um, especially with his neck surgery, has trouble throwing the ball in colder conditions. I mean, this isn't necessarily a shocker to anyone, especially if you watched last year's game. But the Patriots, with Rob Gronkowski playing at such a high level, Julian Edelman, it's kind of funny to look back on, on the Patriots and when the Chiefs blew them out on Monday Night Football and they were one and two. You know, everybody was close to hitting the panic button and that it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, Belichick and Brady are truly, truly special. I mean, every year they bring it. And as a New England Patriots fan, that you guys are so lucky to have these two people working for your organization. And it shows the power of the quarterback and the coach in the system. Um, it, it's really special, the culture of Belichick, what he has done in New England. Every single year, they are just, you know, the uh, the class of the AFC. And before we go to break, I also want to give a shout-out to Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's thrown 12 touchdowns in the last two games. And he's really kind of taken his game from possibly the quarterback that's known for kind of a guy that's a rugged, you know, run-first type offense, and he's airing it out with the best of them right now, really showing all the talent in his arsenal. I really um, am really impressed with Ben Roethlisberger, and kind of unexpected, because I always thought Ben could win games because but I never thought of him as a guy putting up video game numbers, and it is going to be fun to monitor him going forward as well. Yep, I'd have to agree with you. Certainly, uh, it was a bit of a surprise. Not that Pittsburgh took care of business at home, but literally doubled up the Baltimore Ravens, 43-23. to Flacco's been real streaky. He's had some great games. I remember one game, I think he had seven touchdowns in the first half. But in this case, Roethlisberger enjoyed so much success early on in his career, almost solidified with two Super Bowls what you thought was a Hall of Fame career. And you just haven't thought about him as much lately. Certainly, the last two years for Pittsburgh have been off years, but they seem to be headed in the right direction. We're As we're headed out for our last break before the final segment, stay tuned for a segment on sports medicine. We're actually going to teach you something. It's going to be fun and educational. We want to thank all the listeners. We'll be back. Got it! With 2.8 seconds left. Left. I don't care where they put him. This 
Franklin is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be... Injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation, 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs, okay, and they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur, which presses into a nerve root in the spine, Or, alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion 
an extension force to the spine that could actually tear or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So we've talked about different injuries. What? Disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. And what happens is, there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superiliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such where you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg, and also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, 
And there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send them to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching. Second-tier treatment, we do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission, and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope, so we have actual pictures of the needle, we can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels, I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain. Soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically in four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better 
with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a Medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated. They get a careful exam by a neurologist. We find they need MRIs. And it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three. Lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries. That's one category. Lumbar facet injuries and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.